Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello and welcome to another Cricket Index podcast. Today we're going to be reviewing the test series between England and Pakistan, which uh, in the end on is even two all. Uh, Dan Rhodes, let's bring you straight in. What did you make of it? What did I make of the series as a whole? So, a series as a whole, just general reflections as an overall. Oh, uh, exactly what you want, really. An exhibition of test cricket with its failures, obviously, but... Some close games, some games where teams came from behind, some games where teams dominated, some great pace bowling and swing bowling, leg spin bowling. I'm not going to go into the off-spin bowling. Um, some some innings that took took the games away, some terrible fielding from both sides, some terrible catching. It was exciting. Everyone assumed, you know, there were momentum after that third test. Everyone assumed England had won the series. Wrongly. Apart from um, just Joseph Cousins, who predicted that it finished too all with these two tests going like they did. But yeah, it was a fair result. Why aren't there five tests? Why can't we have a decider? Oh, we're waiting for Elmi. Uh, Dan Kenny, um, you'd love a fifth test, wouldn't you? Right now. Not half. Yeah. Um... Just not in London. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the th- I think the thing is that the Sky contract for seven seven tests in a summer and they've already gone for three against Sri Lanka and so that only leaves three and four you can only really play five when you play two in, in, the, in the first series of the summer so you know I want to squeeze in the ODIs and yeah so but, but right now yeah a fifth test would be yeah that's, that would be just what the doctor ordered could we cancel right, the so ODIs cancel the ODIs and play a well, fifth if test. it was up to me I'd cancel <laughs> the ODIs yeah definitely but it, it did was, it was a very, it was a very good series of of of, uh, of Test cricket. It's, I think it's been, um, it was, it was, for example, I think it was far more interesting than the uh, the Ashes last summer. This was a much better series overall. Um, you know, um, it ebbed and flowed within the within the games as well. It ebbed and flowed, and like with the, the Ashes last year, one side you know who you knew who was going to win after the first session almost. You know. Um, it wasn't anything like that this time. Indeed, um, let's come into the let's go into the third test in a bit more detail. Um, we all thought England would win in Edgbaston, but we didn't really think it was going to be in those circumstances. You know, England actually coming back from uh, a deficit of 100 plus in the first innings, and you know the statisticians on TMS are all over it. Well, oh, you know, it's only been done three percent of the time and everything. But uh, but uh, but Rhodesy, you know, England showed some some proper fight in that one too. To, you know, to what we at the time thought is going to be a nailed-on series victory. Then, 
Well, there were there were two players I think in the first innings who showed any fight. That was Ballant and Moeen, um, because other than that, we could have absolutely collapsed. Um, and then in the and then Pakistan has a rally, and then as we, as we were talking about before, with the with the wicket from Wokes to get him just just on the on the turn of play when it looked like they might get still get a 200, 250 lead, and then when we came back in the morning, got got those early wickets, and it, and it just just gave England a little bit of a sniff, didn't it? Just a tiny sniff, and then, which has not happened, I don't even think in my lifetime, the top four all faced more than 100 balls, you know, chasing down this deficit, and then we have Bearstone Alley at the end who took the game away, Pakistan tired in all three evening sessions towards the end of the game, and England won every single one of them comprehensively, especially the last one, bowling them out. So no one thought we'd bowl them out because the pitch just turned into a, a complete kind of non-edge Baston pitch, which offered nothing to anybody ever <laughs> you know, until we got some reverse swing so yeah ebbed and flood and and i'm thankful it did <laughs> yeah um dan kenny i wanted to come on to you because we were, we were always saying oh pakistan have got to do something bring someone in so they're bringing this kid sammy aslam 20 years yeah. old and this guy and sahel khan. khan came in got a fifer so they, they mixed it up and, and they actually showed that they can play test match cricket at the top Sammy Aslam uh, was an absolute revelation um, for this. this, I mean, this was classic Pakistan, Um, you know, bringing, you know, they're they're more than any other country in the world. They're famed for somebody just comes up completely out of left field and takes to test cricket like a duck to water. Um, It it was it's it's, it's miraculous what happened with him. And he came in. And he basically, I, 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 I thought he was, the, I know it's, it's the kind of convention that you have to give man of the match to somebody on the winning team. And I'm not quite sure why that is. I think, but, you know, I thought Aslam was the man of the match. I think he was outstanding for such a young kid against against a really good uh, England, England seam attack. And he was taking the new ball. And, you know, he, he, he really showed up. I mean, Hafiz in that match, it was, you know, two absolutely horrendous shots that Hafiz. Think, I think he put a long hop down. Uh, to extra cover the first innings, and then he, and then he think he hooked a long leg on the boundary in the second innings. It was, I mean, in contrast, Hafiz, who's meant to be an experienced pro, with what Aslam did, it was it's just you know outstanding. Um, and, and looking out to get his century as well with that nonsense run out. Very, very unlucky. I mean, I mean that maybe that was the only time he, in the whole game he showed his inexperience because he should have basically just carried on going to his end and then let worry uh, Azza worry about you know, you know, because you know, a terrible he, call. Yes, yeah, he just needed to be a bit more boycottian in his running, I think. To, <laughs> to Three, 370 <laughs> balls or something. 370 balls against that England attack. Edge best on your first. Debut. Extraordinary. On debut, yeah. Uh, what did you make of um, Rhodesy? What did you make? How significant did you think Azarelli's wicket was? You know, last ball of the day. And they would have gone in with all, all the spoils, wouldn't they? If that had just been a dot ball. Yeah, I just... Uh... You know, I mentioned it before. Massive. It gives you a, a batsman who's not set, and he was playing beautifully. You know, we talked. Dan talked about him, especially at the start of the series. I think he picked him as one of the batsmen to watch. And when he is when he's in full flow, um, he's, he's a superb batsman to watch. So to get that, you know, what was it two hundred and eighty for two, or two no two two for five six for two, and then yeah. and then that wicket. So if you go in, Dan, Dan mentioned it on the WhatsApp group. They'd played a really resilient innings more than 
stroke playing, but he saw the strokes with Azza. But you know, he had Sammy Aslam at one end, just just leaving everything. That's just just how good was his leave? That was the best bit. How good was his leave? He was leaving stuff that we're just missing off stuff. And you can see the frustration on the bowler. So yeah, it was a crucial wicket, and and those kind of things do put slight doubts in minds of teams when they're dominating. And like I say, it was a, it was the final sessions of each of the last three days that was a big factor. Yeah, it's a remarkable match of two halves. That was. I mean, um, it's it's very rare, I think, to see to see that. I mean, I I, I was going session by session, and I I think Pakistan won five of the first seven sessions. England didn't win any. There was a couple of like that were par, maybe shared, but because um, Sahail Khan came in, uh, England got England won the toss, batted, um, um, were at least a hundred runs short. Didn't come up again. Didn't get close to the important four hundred. Um, they were reduced to 75 for three and then 158 for five. Again, um, Alistair Cook came out. I think, I think, Misp- think Misbo won the toss and put them in, didn't he? As oh, sorry. Of course he did. Of course he did. And everybody was Controversially at the time. We yeah. All, yeah, we were all, we were all shocked. Yeah. yeah. Uh, sorry. It was, it was the last test where England won the test, toss and batted it. Yeah. For, you know, that was a real talking point because every thought, well, that you win the toss, you bat first and then you, you bowl last. It's a double, you know, double whammy. Um, but yeah, anyway, I mean, England were well under par with the with the run score. The the top Alistair Cook came out with this brilliant quote after the after the end of the series, saying that, that the um, it's the uh, the top order, uh, the, the the middle order and lower order are supposed to decorate the cake or ice the cake. They're not supposed to bake the thing, so, and um, it's bake the cake itself. And you know it, it, the the good thing was was that Pakistan that that the the way the pattern of the third test was played out again in the fourth test but Pakistan learned from the third test and everything that went wrong in that third test after the lunch on the third day and they corrected all their mistakes where England didn't really take didn't see the indicator the warning lights if you like flashing on the dashboard and continued in and, and they did the basically did the same things but this time in the fourth test they didn't get away with it that's true. I mean, but what about the way England came? Uh, I mean, we all thought the Pakistan lead was going to be 150 plus at one point. So yes. England, you'd think England did quite well actually to get it, and then Pakistan in the end just crawled over 100. There, there was. It was. It was after. It was. It was the afternoon session on the third day, and there was a really quite unlucky dismissal of Misbah, wasn't there? I think he hit, he played it into his boot, and then it rolled back onto the stumps. From Anderson, yeah. Yeah, that, that's correct. That, yeah. Yeah, and then. Um, and then Safraz played quite nicely with Mizbar, but then the tail was, was just like a pack of cards, wasn't it? Folded really quickly, um, and 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 then all of a sudden they'd gone, you know, from a really really strong position, like you said, it was two eighty, two sixty for two or something, to four hundred all out. And you thought, okay, they've still got the really all, all important four hundred. They've still got a hundred run lead, and we thought, you know, okay, it's still a good position for Pakistan, but they did collapse a little bit too much in that in that um once 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 Mizbah went. And again, that was something that didn't happen in the last test. Because on, on on day three on the last in the fourth test, the you know the you know especially uh Muhammad Amir and uh <coughs> Sahel Khan stayed with uh, Eunice for, for hours. They hours and hours. Uh, oh no and it was um thingy as well um Wahab Wahab Riaz. They 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 stayed with him for like you know 40 50 60 balls while he just plundered runs at the other end but again that was a, a good example of Pakistan learning from what didn't go their way in the third test and I think they were very smart and I don't think England was smart enough they changed their weaknesses didn't they 
Absolutely, because they did it after the second test. We said on the last pod they had to change something, and they did. They, they brought in a new opener because the, the, the opening pair was the weak point. They, they weren't scoring any runs to change that. They broke up the attack. Uh, you could say Wahab was unlucky. They went with Rahat, but they brought in Sahel Khan, and on the first day at Edgbaston, he, 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 he got five for, you know, five for less than 100, I think it was. It was a really good, strong bowling performance. Um, and you could say that all their changes worked like a dream. Whereas England went with the same eleven, and so, and and they even even when they went, they had to go for the only decision they had to make was Finn or Ball, and they went again went with this kind of conservative choice. They went with Finn. Maybe I would have probably gone with Finn myself as well, but you you could say that you know maybe if they were being a bit more aggressive, they could have gone for Ball, who was better, played better in the first test of the series at um, at Lords. Oh, Rashid then. Could have gone oh, well, yeah, <laughs> well, quite. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll come <laughs> on to that soon enough, chaps. Uh, yeah, you're quite right. So, five for 96, uh, Sahel Khan. And uh, you feel that by the time it got to the fourth test, the Pakistanis has actually worked out who the best 11 was. You know, they gave Hafiz uh, the marching orders as well. Um, put out, uh, as well. So, he was adding nothing. So, he was adding nothing, taking up a spot, uh, put Azarali up the order, make him open. They brought in the part-time off-spinner batsman, uh, Iftikhar. And, and you think, OK, that adds a bit more balance as well. You've got a fifth bowling option as well. You know, they kind of sorted it all out. And uh, like you were saying, that you know, it's not like we'll have Riaz to hang around and face 30 balls and not score any runs, but he was doing it for Eunice. And that kind of camaraderie is something that you don't often see so they're very quick to lose it you know the shoulder slump very quickly but I thought that side of things that was really coming on and to, to win two test matches in England is I think it's for some for a team don't forget haven't played outside the UAE for six years yes uh, as a unit so you've got to say this is a it's almost a, even though the series is drawn the way you hear people talk about it, it's almost as though it's a Pakistan victory. It feels as well, though it's a... It, it, it effectively is, because England are very, very hard to beat in longer series in England, right? So when you, when you play a series which is four or more tests in England, uh, they, England, have won, England have won 10 of the last... Before this, going into this one, they'd won 10 of the last 11, which are four tests or more. The only exception was when they lost to South Africa in 2008, or beat 2-1. And so this is only the, the second time in the last 12 series, going back to 2004... Where, where England hadn't won a longer series. And that, that shows you what an achievement this is from Pakistan. And I, to, and I, I do think it was somewhat uh, unforgivable for England to get into that winning position. They, they, they got away with it at Edgbaston through the strength of the seam attack on the final day and a really good team batting display in the third innings. But they didn't learn any of the lessons and they repeated it at, 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 at the Oval and they didn't get away with it, I'm afraid. And I think that's really quite disappointing for, to, to let the series slip in that fashion let's come on to the overall Rosie. let's come on to the overall what sort of mistakes do you feel the English made um, a few um, basically there were some poor shots in the first innings pretty much saved by Moeen getting us to a, a possible 110, 110 for 5 it was uh, on, on, the, on that just, pitch just ridiculous um, Vince obviously it was culpable um, Hales in an, involved in an incident that we'll probably talk about later. Um, but the biggest thing for me, and, and, and I mentioned it quite a bit, was bowling Eunice Canning back into form because his first 50 runs, 70% of them were on Moen Ali. Moen Ali got Azar Ali out, didn't he? Caught nice, you know, just a, pretty much a typical spinner's 
a spinner's wicket, and then they must have thought, oh, we're in here, we can get Eunice out. They should have seen after the first over at Eunice, let's bring on the two seamers. The seamers, they've kept him under control for the previous three tests and not let him go away from them, not let him start to control it, not let him get his footwork back, not, you know, we play, it got to 50-odd in no time at all, and the, we played him back into form. And then he goes on, he's the hardest batsman to get. If you look at his conversion rate of 50s into it's tons... He's one of the best of all time. It's, it's, it's as good as there's ever been. You know? Yeah, I think... I think I read somewhere that he's he, he's he's got the second best conversion, third best conversion rate of all time behind Bradman and Sangakara. It's not, not a bad couple to come after. It's just ridiculous to give him that start when you've had him you've had him ducking too much, <clears throat> moving across his stumps too much, uh, not knowing whether he's forward or backwards, and then you get his feet into work because it's just he can see more in alley like a beach ball, and that's exactly what he showed. I'm sure Dan's got some figures about Pakistan's top oh, well, order against Marine. Yeah, well, we'll do that the later on. But <laughs> okay. I, I'm gonna say, I, I would say that um, I, I thought right from early on that Eunice was, but he. I, I, I said on the last pod, I, I don't recognise this player. I, I really don't. I know you know you said, I mean, you said oh, he's always been a bit unconventional with his approach, and he has varied his approach. But he was the, 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 he was constantly moving, wasn't he? He was, you know, he didn't seem still when he was addressing the ball, and it was all over the place. But in, the, in that final test, even before he really got into his full flow, I thought he was looking a lot more like the old Eunice, the old, the old master that he is. Um, but, you know, so he'd obviously gone on, you know, spot fit to the, the coaches in between in between tests to try and to, to try and work on it. And he the, the, the partnership between him and Shafiq on, on day two, they just put him under the sword. I mean... Um, I mean, we didn't mention moving Shafiq up the order because technically he played at three, didn't he? But because the night watchman, he was at four. But you know, um, he, he's, he's made to play at three, Shafiq. You know, he's, he's, he's a great player, and um, the, you know they absolutely creamed England on that on that second afternoon. It was a re- that, and the oval full stop was it was a hammering. You know, we got beat with four sessions to spare. You know, it was an absolute pasting. Um, if there was a expected goals figures for cricket <laughs> for cricket series, Dan, who who won the most out of all four tests? I'd say the edge has got to be with Pakistan. The ten wickets win when they were two one down. The domination at Lords, um, and England, yeah. England had to come back from a huge deficit in the third test as well. England hammered them at Old Trafford pretty much. I, th- I think that I think the, the, the I think the, the margin of victory. Uh, Old Trafford was absolutely staggering. I don't, I don't, you know, you rarely see a victory of that, you know, because England was something like eight hundred and eighty for, for nine in, in the match or something, weren't they? Ridiculous. That, that was the all-round performance, wasn't it? The Old Trafford was. was the best that this group of players it, can probably get at. That's the the level. That's the, think, you know, that everybody's was, firing. It's the only I think time that was a bigger had, hammering than the Oval. Yeah, it's, it's the only time we've had the group of players that I said would need to win it as well. Stokes. 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 Yeah. Oh. I mean, I personally, in the in the oval test, I thought England are going to get done for two fifty here because you always assume they've got they've got with Moeen Ali and Bairstow and Wokes, they've got a good protection there. If the top, uh, you know, if the when, if balance when, 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 when sorry <laughs> when when Hales, uh, Balance and, and Vince mess up, they've got so they've got people there to to save the day. So I thought two hundred all out's a bit too much. Uh, they can get to two fifty to sixty as soon as it got to three twenty eight. I was thinking, you know, maybe England have done just enough to get something competitive, and then the drop chances, and it was it was like who's going to drop it more? <laughs> Almost, is that, no, you drop it, no, we'll drop it. 
I will do a no ball and, and yeah. miss the wicket. And it was it was very much like that. Um, and it, they've been keeping a tally, haven't they, about how how costly it's been as to the drop chances that both teams have had because both teams have dropped dollies mm. and then caught screamers. So it's it's a very for England. I know because they put a lot of work into it uh, a while back uh, in the slip cord, and they've they've dropped some, and it's cost them. The, and then it finally cost them with the Eunice situation. Um, it's going to come. Don't, it's going to come back to you. Don't have a fielding coach, England. Don't have a specialist fielding coach. It, it's it's, ma- it's 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 mainly because of um, Bayliss does it himself. He's he's he's, he's number one um, thing. He's always notorious for is his coaching. He's a fielding coach. He, he does he does a lot of the fielding stuff himself. So yeah, um, but yeah, the big one was Shafiq, wasn't he? He dropped Shafiq on about fifteen, I think. And he went to get a hundred more. Did we drop Eunice? Um, I, can't. I don't think we dropped Eunice. No, I don't think. We dropped I can't that well. Eunice was almost chanceless, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. I thought so. and, and and you see, he got dropped, didn't he? As a night watchman as well. That was frustrating. But Eunice Sorry. coming in, if she, if if but if Shafiq had gone, and then Eunice would have come in, and and the whole game would have had a much different complexion. Yes, um, is the is the thinking. Um, but the the one question I was going to ask you, Amir Sahail said this that England are very good at camouflaging their weaknesses. Because we, we know they've got the weakness, they haven't got a good open bat, they've got no spin option uh, and all that kind of business. But in English conditions, they've got enough power with Cook and Root and obviously the seam attack is really good. I mean, for a team to have Ben Stokes injured and they can still bring in Wokes and have such an amazing seam attack, Broaden Anderson, you know, it, it's a dream, isn't it, for English yeah. conditions and all that. But a fi- there's going to be a time, isn't it, when the camouflage just isn't going to work. Um, and when you're playing a good surely, team, yeah. When you're when you're playing a good team over a series, surely now that it's got to be addressed, hasn't it? And you you know, pe- yeah. chances of chances have, have happened. Vince, surely you've got to give him his marching orders now, haven't you? Uh, uh, no question. Well, we would no question. I mean, we we were um, saying after Sri Lanka that you know he, there was no there wasn't really a case for retaining Vince after Sri Lanka series. He, he showed nothing. Um, and we thought, well, he's probably going to get one or two tests before being jettisoned. But he got the full series. And I just think it was um, complacent in the extreme because you can't have um, your number four batsman. I mean, I, this thing about playing your best batsman at three is a very Australian thing. England have always had the best batsman at number four historically. And to have James Vince lining up at four against those great players that we've had in the past batting at four... It's, it's 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 almost an insult to be honest because he's so far off what is required at the, at the level uh, mentally, technically, you know. There's no, I can't see any redeeming feature for him. Uh, I'm sorry if any of James Vince's friends and family listening to this. I cannot see any redeeming feature for James Vince as a Test batsman. I just, nothing, absolutely nothing. I heard on a, another cricket podcast that's an English cricket podcast. That James Vince, and this was the quote: James Vince is a more talented batsman than Alistair Cook, but he hasn't got it in the head. Is yeah, Paul, Paul. Yeah, Paul Collingwood was an extremely limited uh, player, technically. Uh, no, uh, sorry, in terms of talent um, and ability, but he had it between the head in spades. And he, he you know, you need it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I don't care about talent if you can't apply it. Um, James Vince couldn't apply it at any point, really. Maybe a little bit in the third test, but it was so so infrequent that, and he still got out the same way. That you know, what, what yeah. can you do? Just brainless. It just smacks of having no brain at all. Um, 
Uh, and he, so he's averaged 19 from 11 innings, and his top score is 42, and he's batting at four. <laughs> it's just woeful. Um, so, so there is no comeback for Vince. This is it for him. He has to go and do what he's got to do. Yeah. He's got to go and score Whereas, a ton of runs in the in the first class game in England. Yeah, but fans of Messrs Hales and Balance can at least put a case together. A weak case, but it's still a case. Well, I know Dan. Let me come onto Rhodes because I know I know there is no case in in the court of Dan Kennett, but uh, it'll be thrown out of the of the court. Uh, Rhodesy, what do you reckon? Is there a case for Hales or Balance? Balance showed a good innings, didn't he? When seventy odd, when it was when it was needed in that test. Yeah, I think uh, considering he only played. It's, right, okay, let's start with Hales. Hales, I thought, showed something in the Sri Lanka series on in bowler friendly conditions when other batsmen were failing around him um, that, that is worth persevering with. But if his mind is in a similar place now, and when you go and barge into an umpire's office remonstrating about a fucking decision, you've got, you've got, <laughs> there's got to be some consequences there more than the match fine for me. That's. It's about as beyond the pale as it gets. So that suggests someone that's not thinking straight for a start. And then the review on the LBW in the second innings. Again, again, it smacks of Shane Watson. But it also, (laughs) he he also, now let's be fair, we've had other batsmen this series, you know, Compton, he he had issues when he, when he, was dropped dropped by, in terms of model thinking, and, if if Hales needs to go away and they make that assessment, then that's that's fair enough. I just think there's a batsman there, and I would rather have I'd rather have Bairstow coming in at four and maybe Hales five, but I'd rather have Hales in a middle order at the moment than um, going to India where they might be opening with a spinner. But I really do think there's a player there. I'm honestly <laughs> people, the well, way it takes part. There. there is a player in there because we saw it in the one day in, one day series against Sri Lanka, and he, he was absolutely outstanding in the in the in the ODI series. So there is a there is a player in there. But it's like it's like we've seen the same with Josh Butler, you know, trying to do it in for tests. I mean, he, he averaged about fifteen over over fifteen tests. I think it was Butler. Um, yeah. it's, it's the same. It's the same thing. Um, it. it, it there's something happening with these guys, mentally, the pressure, who knows, because everything's scrutinised. And until they find, they, they've got to find a way of unlocking that. And keeping them in the spotlight and keeping them in the pressure is maybe not necessarily the best thing to do. Um, I, 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 I Can he ever, I don't think he can ever be an opening in te- bat in test cricket. Are they being fair on that point be, as well? potentially be an... I agree. He could potentially be a four or five, you know, if he comes in with the ball soft and he, you know, the ball is a bit more tired. You know, is that the fault be... of the management then, chaps? Because should they not be picking a specialist opener for the opening position? I mean, you'd never dream of putting Alistair Cook at four or five, would you? Because he's a specialist opener. I, I think it is. I think it is. The, I think it is the fault because the, the, you know, he, remember he came in for the for the South Africa series after we'd. Um, um, who did we struggle with all summer before we went to South Africa? And we were saying we can't go, we can't throw Hales in as a baptism of fire, as an opener. Adam Lyde, Adam Lyde, yeah. Adam Lyde, yeah. Adam Lyde, yeah. Who is who is tipped <laughs> by some to be the one coming next off the rank? Coming back, I mean, he hasn't had that, that great season for Yorkshire, though. I just don't. He's had a ridiculous uh, season for Yorkshire. It's terrible. We're going around. This, yeah, we're going around. You can catch. You can catch in the slips. <laughs> <laughs> is the is apparently the silver lining they're saying? But, 
well, after that, this this test, that might not necessarily be a bad thing. But yeah, after, after conceding 540 runs from drop catches, maybe that's the way to go with an opening bat, especially yeah. Slipman. The, the way I look at it, Amit, is that let's take Pakistan in this series. We said before the series started that on paper, I we thought that Pakistan had a slightly stronger batting unit, didn't we? Um, and England, the strong, yeah. England, the stronger all-rounder, the stronger wicketkeeper, and although Safar is actually quite, is actually pretty damn good himself, uh, and Pakistan had the advantages in spin, obviously. Now, what, if you look at what happened at the end of the series, the Pakistan engine room of three, four, five, and six all got a century, and they and they averaged at least thirty. Every one of them averaged at least thirty-nine. And that's what you want. You want your engine room all to have good, solid series all coming in. Um, with you know, with, with scoring you know the old benchmark of forty in Test cricket, that's pretty good, right? Sammy Aslam played two Tests, and Chris Wokes both had more runs in the series than Vincent Hales, right? England's England's batting unit is broken, right? Cook and Root, Cook, Cook and Root scored nine hundred and thirty-five runs at sixty-seven in the series with five fifties. That's good, right? that's good. That's something you can build around. That's the bulk of what you need. Johnny Bairstow got four fifties coming in, but he was at least one place too low in the batting order because he was always coming in at 120 for three, 140 for four, something like that. You know, um, it, there's something the, the unit itself is not functioning as, as it needs to, and the problem is, is we've already, as, as we discussed in the group, there aren't many options coming out saying I can come in, I can come in, and I can average 35 or 40, and I can help this unit be strong and I can occupy the crease and I can take the pressure off Cook and Root and I can be a part of a functioning part of this batting unit but the England top five is being, was comprehensively outplayed by the Pakistan top five um, Rosie why is there why aren't there people coming in because that's, I thought the thinking was that England with the Lions set up have this whole thing so they've already got people ready and waiting to take up spots uh, when the actual senior players are failing, uh, how, why aren't, where are they, who, who's the Lions opener that should be coming in to step in then? Well, there was a few options we were going through yesterday. Stoneman seems to have been the most, one of the most consistent openers, but again, it's a really poor career average in the low 30s, um, been around a while, and there's a couple like that. And then you're either going back to Lyde or Robson or, or Compton to open, and it's, you know, there's some, there's some young, really young lads as well. Who's doing well? Um, Dan can the, talk the, about the lad at Lancashire who excites me because I heard um, oh, what's Paul Allett talking about him? Big Lancastrian fan knows the yeah. knows this club inside out, and he was saying um, he says he's a guy that wants to bat and then he wants to bat some more and then if he gets to the end of the day he really wants to bat the whole of the next day as well. Yeah, and if that's not Alistair Cook's philosophy, I don't know what is, and I don't want to put names on people, but it's it's that if if that's what we need as openers to just play off the new ball for a long time and have some <coughs> young scorers who can consolidate them fine. If that's the way we need to go against quality sides, you know maybe yeah. stroke playing openers will do well against some of the poorer sides, but that's not going to stand the test of time. Is that when Cook came into the team? I think he was twenty-one, wasn't he? But he had he had tore it up at under-19 level, hadn't he? And he'd been outstanding at... Double century against the tour in Australia. Yeah, at 19 and stuff like that. And, you know, this is this this kid is... And he was mentored by Graham Gooch and, you know, he was the project. And everybody about him at Essex knew about him from the age of 8, 9, 10, you know, kind of thing. Now, um, Habib Hamid at Lanx is... 
he's been talked about as the biggest prospect at Lancashire since, for at least three years now. And yeah, around you know because I live in the northwest, there is there was a lot of excitement about him. He was quite uh, for his first season last year. He, you know, in the county championship, he was you know he was he did okay for you know for, for, for such a young kid. But he's had three centuries this season, so he 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 does look like the kid, the kind of kid who's got the right temperament potentially. But you know, he really what you'd want to do is let him develop for a couple of years, play the age group internationals, play on the Lions before he comes into the, the cauldron of test cricket, you know. Um, but I, I don't know. The other one I, I like is the far and sorry of, uh, of sorry, but he's had quite a bit of injury problem the last couple of seasons. So he's missed more games than he, he, he would have liked to really. But what I like about him is first of all, he's a left arm spinner. And secondly, he's been mentored by Gareth Batty, who's, you know, might be the best spinner in England, you know, at the moment, and he's age 38. And, you know, he could really be a candidate for, for the winter, to be honest. If, you, if, you, if you're going on the adage, you need to pick your best spinner, then then Batty might be um, a, a genuine contender, you know, horses for courses selection. But he is mentoring Ansari at, at, at Surrey, who has also opened the batting um, quite a lot in the, in the county championship. Not with any great... You know, success. I think his low thirties is average, but he's a genuine all-rounder. So again, I, I wanted be... to get your thoughts on this because, um, see, the, the you know, with um, the uh, uh, with Habib, uh, the thinking there is that okay, do we do we have to go through the no? You got to go to have some tours with the Lions and you know do all that kind of business. Whereas you see, the, see Pakistan took a Sammy chance, <laughs> and now Sami Aslam. I mean, what if? I mean, imagine doing it the very un-English way of saying, "Go on, son, make us proud." And he goes in and scores a fifty against India in India. Imagine that, and then you're thinking, yeah. "Oh, we sorted it all out." And then he's that young. You think, "Oh, he's only going to improve," and all the rest of that sort of stuff. And then he just not think... say he's opening with Cook, who couldn't, you couldn't have a better guy to open with and establish. You know, oh yeah. I, I agree with you on it, but, we but are, it's just, we it's just never the. <laughs> well, I mean, you, you look at Rashid, and Rashid's no spring chicken now. And you're thinking, well, some yeah. people argue Rashid's best days could be behind him. You, you've 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 uh, messed up his development almost by doing it the way England well, tend to do these things. I, I think spinners always get better as they get older. To be honest, myself, you know, they get more and more wily, don't they? More and more experienced. Graham Swan didn't come back to Italy at about 29. No. No. But yeah, um, you're right. I mean, we are quite conservative by nature in this country, um, Amit. So, but maybe we oh, should. I'm tempted just, just. I'm tempted just because I think we've gone through like five or six different, different names with Robson and all the rest of it, and then sometimes you think, you know, doing it this way and just taking a punt, you may as well because, for all I've heard and, and seen, it, it is almost like a, a punt anyway. <laughs> it's almost like you're just putting your hand in the in the. In, in the bag of jelly beans and you know yeah. whatever flavour comes out well, comes out and it, who knows what's going to happen because nobody has that much faith you know like Cook Cook was a different kettle of fish I mean everybody was banking on him to become the next yeah. this person or this you know he was the next Graham Gooch yeah, wasn't yeah, he yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. He, yeah whereas the other chaps aren't in that kind of level are they at the end of the day um, and if England don't have that kind of player, do you know? Should they maybe do something slightly? The thing, the thing that impressed me most about doing a little bit of research about it and asking Dan yesterday was the fact that that Brozers game was a massive game in the in the first division, yeah. a really big game at the top of the division, and for someone so young to, to score a century, just you're just thinking, bloody hell, he's got it, hasn't he? You know, if if people have been talking about him and then he delivers in the biggest pressurised situation that he would have faced. That's Alistair Cook's 
you know, youth template. Gamble on it. I'd take. I'd, I'd gamble. <laughs> I'd gamble, but um, that's John. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm old enough I'm to remember Mark Laswell, to be honest. <laughs> so am I, actually, with the uh, hat and the different coloured hat opening all the time. Lifted his back. <laughs> he kind of lifted his back up straight like Gooch, but he was terrible. Edged yeah. it. Anyway, that's 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 old school. That <laughs> would so, we would we come yeah. on to? Uh, uh, sorry, Dan, did you want to mention something? Um, I was just going to come on to the whole. I've got a real concern about what's happened in this series as a consequence of us not having a. Oh, to, can we talk about Moen's bowling, basically? <laughs> well, I was going to come on to Moen Ali anyway. I was going to say because the conundrum that is now. Um, has become that Moen Ali has really shone as a batsman in the series and has come in at some really crucial times, some good knocks, and, you know, look really stylish, has all the shots there is, has shown he can defend, and, you know, um, people like Alex Stewart saying he can bat anywhere in the England top five or six, um, which is all good, but then he's bowling. I mean, you know, he averaged, he, he averages 46.54. His economy, I think, 4.65 for the... Uh, for the series, the only good thing is his strike rate's very good. Um, but you know, he took eleven wickets, uh, and and I think his his average against the top order of the Pakistan team, um, Dan Kennedy, you can probably tell us more. Is is even worse, isn't it? Well, I mean, I I, I did this just out, out of interest this morning. I went through the um, the you know the, the, on on cricket for they do the player versus player breakdown of the um, you know of, of the amount of balls bowled by each bowler to each batter, and you know how many runs they got off it. And um, basically, when I was looking at t- t- when he bowled to the, the Pakistan engine room uh, of Azza, Mizbah, Shafiq, and Yunus, uh, he bowled uh, 429 deliveries in the series. Oh, so quite a lot. Um, and he conceded 333 runs, and he, t- he took six dismissals. Okay, so and it doesn't matter whether they, you know, he, he got Azza with a beauty in one of the games, conventional dismissal, caught off the glove at short leg, right? Really nice. But you know, and he also got. Misbah slogging at Lord's first ball and things like that. So overall, whatever type of dismissal you want to have, six dismissals, uh, but but 333 runs, average of 56 against the Pakistan engine room at 78 runs per hundred balls. Basically, the in England in July and August the pitches are basically good, aren't they? Um, you know, forget May and June when it's all up and down and green. And by by the time you get to high summer, the pitches are good. Most of them are flat. Uh, and you have to give your seam attack, and the weather's hotter, you have to give your seam attack a break. And, and the, the classic thing is you need somebody who can come in to hold up an end, block up an end, while your seamers rotate at the other. Because when you get into a hole, like England did at in the third test and the fourth test, uh, you know, Pakistan batted for long, long periods, losing no need, say, a wicket a session in the top order, playing the grinding game, um, you need somebody to come in and take that pressure off. And I'm particularly concerned about Stuart Broad. So <clears throat> if you look at what's happened in this series, right? Because in- England don't have a- that spinner who can come on, control the run rate and give the seamers a break. So the seamers are becoming workhorses instead of strike bowlers. Um, and I think that's a lot. When you make your, when you make your strike bowlers, do you need to turn them into a workhorse? I-, I think you're storing up a long-term risk there. On those on those seam bowlers because their overs should be lower than the spinners. The spinners should share the burden because it's easy for spinners to bowl physically. So when you look at something like this series, right, we've got Moeen bowled 36 less overs than Stuart Broad, but he went for 150 more runs. 
I, I don't know how that even works when you spin it. Does that does it goes goes like that? So Broad was 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 the was operating by as a containing bowler, and he, his economy hit Broad and Anderson's economy rate for the series was 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 less than two and a half, which is excellent, which is really good. But Anderson bowled a lot less overs than Broad in the end. So, and by the end of it. People were saying, "Well, where's Broad's outswing gone? You know, he can't. He's not moving the ball out at all. He's only he's only ducking it in." And and people were saying this as, as, as early as the second test at Old Trafford. And and I, so when you've got a premier strike bowler like Broad having to do donkey work because you've got no one else capable of coming in and and blocking at the end, I I, I just think you we're, we're, get, we're kind of getting into quite dangerous, like into like the red zone, if you like, you know, or, you know, if there's, if there's the things there, these warning lights should be flashing all over the, da- you know, some management's dashboard and saying that we, we really need to sort this out. Uh, Rhodesy Broad himself said as much, didn't he? Because they were criticising about like, where's the off, where's your outswing, and he said himself, well, I'm doing a job here. I've been given instructions and I'm doing my job to keep it tidy. So he pretty much himself admitted that he's just being the workhorse here. And, and Broad is not supposed to be the water carrier. Um, Rosie, what are your thoughts on the bowling aspect now? Well, um, and, and also, just to quickly add, is this another example of the fact that England are blessed with the all-round abilities of the Wokeses and Stokeses of the world? That means that we can hide the Moeen Ali aspect and, we can, and then we, we can rotate the seamers because England will always have sort of four, even five seamers because of, they've got such an array of all-rounders. Yeah, it's a it's a weird a weird series, especially if you look at the fact that Moeen Ali had a better strike rate than all the bowlers apart from Wokes. That that should tell you that you're doing it wrong for a start because he's going at he's going at nearly fifty runs per wicket, like Dan said, and even more than that against the better batsman. His his economy rate is four point six five. So and you're using your Anderson and your board to to build up pressure, you know, two point three and and it's a 2.53 for Broad, and then people are criticised. It's, uh, we said, it's the, the selection issues, Pakistan have evolved the side, they've targeted the weaknesses, they've tried to improve them. Um, not all of them have worked, we saw with Iftikar in the last test, but he only had one test, one innings. Um, you know, if you do that, and if you've got a complete bowling attack, um, which we, England haven't, then... It's it, for the balance of the side, for the options when bowlers are starting to tire, when they when when they're going for runs, when they're bowling the odd half volley, because you rarely see it from Anderson and Broad. The, the issues that it seems to be to a metronomic plan of bowling, they seem to have that ability to do that. But they're gonna tire when they've got to keep coming back on, especially when you've had Stokes injured. And, and the pitches Finn, are good. And the pitches are good. Finn, Finn's not been at his best. So they're doing the, they're, they're doing the donkey work. Works as I think, benefited from that. He's benefited a lot from coming on. Like, he's, like you say, he's taken a few wickets with his first over. So they've built up the pressure, and he comes on a little bit different, a little bit of a skiddy action, and then he takes advantage of that. So having a balanced attack is one of the most crucial aspects about being, if you want to talk about yourself as one of the best sides in the world, that's what you need. And there aren't many, and I think Pakistan have got one. So, <clears throat> on this, I did look, uh, again, did some prep on this, that um, Moeen's economy, in career economy rate, is now uh, 3.75. Just to put that into context, I looked at all spinners in the last 10 years who'd bowled over 600 overs in tests, so not small sample size by any means. And the next worst bowler 
was Jitan Patel from New Zealand, who is a bit of a pie thrower, I think. You know, he's not that very, he really isn't very good. But here's a career, career economy rate, 3.22. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to exclude what you would call quality spinners, right? And look at these names here. Paul Harris, 2.65. Suleiman Ben, 2.78. Shaqib Al-Hassan, 3. Shane Shillingford. Shane Shillingford, 3.1, his career economy. It, it's, and and then, then you've got like Monty Panasar, 2.84, Swan, 2.98, right? You know, there, that's what he, he was, you know, Moeen is, should be, well, the England spinner should be aspiring to be able to come in and bowl, you know, long spells at three and over and take, you know, two for 100 off 30 overs or something like that, you know? It's, it, it, it's, it, it, it's, does, I, I guess think we're storing up a problem for our quicks and you know we've got a good array of quicks we've got good depth i mean mark, mark woods come back for durham now for example uh you know jake ball look really good but that doesn't mean you should flog them you know into you should keep them as uh, for what they are which is premier strike bowlers well you know the uh, the indians are going to be uh, dishing up big spin pitches you know day two spinners are going to come into play just because they can and in a way why wouldn't you favor what you you know what you do and the the quicks especially with the heat are going to be are going to be on pitches unhelpful pitches and they're not going to be able to bowl as many overs so even though in england we can rotate the the seamers and get away with it in in india maybe that will take its toll um, yeah you, you look at it you won't be able to bowl more than say 14 15 overs a day for the seamers if that exactly and we know how you know jimmy even in even against Australia at Lords, do you remember when it was a really flat back batting wicket? I mean, people like Jimmy Anderson then become ineffective because they don't have the pace um, of the Wahab Riazes of the world. Um, so it can become a big problem. And to, we've been we've been saying it for like two years now. This is the thing that frustrates me the most in that the team, even though Cook himself admitted pretty much what you're saying that he's a batsman part time bowler. You feel that they haven't actually addressed the issue, or if they've addressed it, they haven't actually put it into play. You know, the, the, they, pick the, with, they I, put the they pick the squad has the the answers, but they don't put it into play. They don't make enough changes I, just be, you know because they they've got some loyalty factor going on. I think we can get away with it in May and June in England. I think Moeen might well be enough because the matches are shorter. There's more assistance for the seamers. It's more hostile and alien to the visiting team, but. You've got to adapt. You know, you, we, we've had quite a nice summer the last few weeks in England, haven't we? So, uh, wait, <laughs> apart from a couple of days of heavy rain, like, but it's been nice. And the, the oval was nice weather. It was hot. The pitch was flat. You know, and it was difficult. It was hard to bowl. It was a really, it was a cracking pitch to bat on, and it wasn't a three twenty seven all out pitch, that's for sure. Um, but the um, England did not adapt they did not change the game plan or tweak it in any way and pakistan did and that again as i said at the start that that was particularly disappointing rosie any any thoughts overall on, on the, this kind of topic or well you, the key issue is if you've got rashid who's played what well, he's been in so many squads in the last 15 tests or something and he played against Pakistan in Pakistan and nearly won as a test match in Pakistan that no other test teams do um Probably deserved to win that test as well, and he's just not—he's not been given an opportunity. I don't know if it's a interpretation of the pitch that maybe they predicted that spin wouldn't do so well in the series, but I think that's a—I don't know. Either the analysts are telling them that, and that's the following that in the selection, or 
they really, really don't rate Rashid. Um, either one of those situations we need to find out because we'll, we'll, when the squad comes out, you have to expect that Rashid's going to be the main spinner in India. But he's going to be going into it cold again without any bowling or involvement in a test match. And you know the Indians the Indians won't attack Moen Ali as much as they did. They over-attacked him, if you remember, when they were in England. And then they, <laughs> fell, they fell flat on the face. So I don't think they're going to make that you know, mistake again. I think they're going to try to milk him more in the Mizbar fashion. Um, but what I don't understand is, now that um, you know, there, is no, there is no middle envelope thick enough now to get Vince back in the team. So you think, surely that Moen Ali can, can take up the batting spot, if you like, and Rashid can come in. He's no mug with the bat. He can get your 30 runs. Um, and so also solves the problem for the team that plays in the subcontinent. Do you not? Do you not? Is it a bit of merit in that? Do you reckon? Well, Rashid got a fifty last winter in the UAE. <laughs> he got sixty-one in, in one of the games. So <laughs> so. My, my money's on Rashid to outscore Vince any day uh, you know, at the moment. Yeah. But I, I just, you just think, you know, Moen can handle it. It's not like you're weakening. Oh, normally, if you're dropping your, you know, a, a batsman and you're bringing in a, a spinning all rounder, you'd think that you're going to, you know, your, your batting's going to suffer. But surely Moen's can handle himself quite, quite well and. Yeah, anyway, it's going to be very interesting to see if Broad can um, go back, get some, go speak to the coaches, and, and sort out his technical issues with his release and his, you know, whatever it's whether it's the seam or whether it's his race, who knows? But he he did lose. He definitely lost his outswinger, definitely. Um, and you'd you know, have faith you, in Broad, though. You'd have faith that Broad yeah, is absolutely uh, skilled, so skilled enough. Yes, experience, yeah. the skill is there. He, you, your hope is that he, he's back again and he'll be firing. Um, and and it's just it's just not it's it's like what Road said. It's, you're going into it cold again. There's no, yeah. yeah. But well, uh, I just want England to be a little bit smarter. I think in the future and 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 maybe not so conservative. And if there are warning signs, recognise them for what they are as warning signs and try and preempt it rather than wait until it's too late. Can I just say that there's a a tweet that Dan replied to from a Daily Mail journalist. I'll let Dan fill in the details, but it's a, it's a conversation similar to these lines about who should be playing, and it's worth a read. It's actually a civil conversation on Twitter, so it's it's, <laughs> it's a special thing. So, Dan, who was it? I can't remember the actual... It's the Wisdom New... author, wasn't it? it was yeah, yeah, the yeah, 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 yeah. At the Yeah, yeah, he's the guy who runs Wisdom now. I can't remember his name now. He's really nice. He's nice Lawrence chap. Booth. Lawrence Booth, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, he inherited the Wisdom Kingdom. He's the editor, so... Um, and yeah, just talking about whether uh, yeah, he he put his team up for the winter, and I, I just questioned whether there was enough spin in the, in, in the eleven. Um, but yeah, so um, I, I don't know. I mean, we've got lots of all round. The good thing is, I think a lot of the media people who cover England are starting to say that that, that I think they think the solution is to pack the team with the, with the quality all rounders. Um, and that way, having it have you know literally have Bester at four and Stokes at five and, and that kind of thing. And to, but I think we've just got to get the best spinner in the team for India, irrespective of how good he is with the bat or how old he is. It doesn't matter. Get the best one in the team. There might even be a case to play two at some points. Three spinners yeah. if you include Moeen. Moeen is third. Third option to spin. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then Coley can try and slog him when he's on. 200 or something like that and get out. <laughs> Let's hope not. <laughs> he's on two. He'll, he'll slog him at 96 and get caught. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, do, do, do one but, the, other thing, the other thing I wanted to yes. just mention um, was, do you remember at the start of the series, we said the schedule favoured Pakistan 
uh, um, the way that the ECB had, had planned the series. And um, we did we, we talked about this with Sri Lanka as well. Everybody said that um, you know sending them up north when it was cold, well, it was ridiculously cold in in, in Chesterley Street and uh, and Leeds. And then we played that we we played two tests in London and again for Pakistan. And lo and behold. The, the the Pakistan won both the tests in London. So I went and looked again t- today about our record in the provinces versus the record in the capital. And um, the last time England lost at one of Old Trafford, Trent Bridge, or Edgbaston was 2008 against South Africa at Edgbaston. But that was and that, that even that took Graham Smith's monumental. 154 when he batted in the last innings and he one of his greatest innings, Smith's greatest innings, to, to win that match. But since then, England have played 16 tests at those three venues, Manchester, Birmingham, Nottingham, and it's played 16, won 12, drawn four. Um, they're, they're four the, those three grounds are fortresses, right? And the last 21 matches in London, Oval and the, uh, the Oval and Lords, won nine, drawn four, lost eight. And the Oval's the worst ground in the country since the since we beat the Aussies there. We won the Ashes there in 2009 in the decider. But since then, the um, the Oval has been the, easily the worst England's worst ground, and um, got absolutely hammered by the Australia there last year. Last last year in the Ashes by an innings. So, so really, it should, and, be, it should be first. It should be first Test Edgbaston and the final Test Lords. I think Samir agreed to set up a campaign. Um, <laughs> Parliament would. to try a YouGov campaign so we can have the first three tests in the north of England every series. Yeah. And then Edgbaston, Old Trafford, and what was the other one? And that Trent Bridge. Yeah. And just, just, just to finish off, the England, all the other venues, which is Southampton, Cardiff, Leeds, and Durham, played 11, won 7, lost 2, drawn 2. And Headingley's the weak one of those as well for, for, for England there. In, in, in that, they're the two losses. So. Absolutely, it, it, there's there's a, there's a real issue I think with you know the Lords is this ridiculous thing where Lords gets two tests to the seven every summer, and the Oval gets one as well. And anyway, it, that 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 is something that England really need to look at. If they're playing a good team, uh, I don't know who it is next summer. So apologies, I don't know who, but I really hope it's not you know two two tests four test series. And West two. West Indies is one of the series. I think the other one is is um, South Africa. I might be wrong, but there's loads of games. Next, it's the uh, ICC Trophy as well in England. It's the biggest, most compact schedule of cricket ever created. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I didn't, I didn't know you could get more compact. Mo- most of it's one day as well. Most of it's one day. Chaps, it comes to that time now where we've got to pick a team of the series. Um, and, you know, we can't go with household stuff. There's no reputations. We've got to, we've got to go by the numbers a bit, uh, which I know you guys favour, but... Um, so we we all know that Mohamed Afis is not getting in our opening lineup there. So, So we know Cook is playing at one. We know Root is playing at three. I take it we agree with that, yeah. Um, and uh, my pick was Sami Aslam for the number two spot. What's yours? Ooh. Would you reckon? Agreed. Or would you go Azar Ali? I'd go as I'd go Aslam. Well, are we going to play as if we're going to play Ali in the one of the middle order slots? Then, uh, oh, sorry, before we do that, sorry, uh, is it four, as is Ali it, we meant? Is it four bowlers, an all rounder, and a wicket keeper? It's up to yes. you. It's up to you. It's up to you. But uh, let's go with that as our draft. Okay, 
I, I could. I think Ali probably deserves to be in the team of the series somewhere, whether it's four, three, two, three, or four. I'm not, I'm not particularly fussed. Um, okay. I I don't think there's any other. You know, best. I think Bairstow probably deserves to be in there. You know, and then whether you, whether you say Bairstow was the wicketkeeper or you have Safraz, who probably also is, is, is probably also a worthy candidate as well. I mean, Safraz is really really impressed me this series. It's, it's, a, it's a coin flip, isn't it? This is where we're going to disagree because I, I dropped Azar Ali and play um, Aslam Ru and then go Yunus Mizbah and then go Bairstow and then um, I'd go with. Um, just Ahmed as well. I'd go with the keeper. I'd, I think we have to have their keeper because we're going to have Shah, and and there'll be a nice little relationship there. Shah definitely See, gets in. Would you pick Eunice then? Has to, uh, Kenny has to play. Has to play. Has to be in it. Well, he, what's your? Because apart from that double hundred, he looked he looked he nonsense. He looked rubbish. Whereas Shafiq looks. I know he got a pair as well, I suppose, but Shafiq. It's difficult to not pick Shafiq, but I suppose from the biggest point of view, Eunice. So it was a coin. It was a coin flip. Either Eunice gets dropped or Shafiq gets dropped. So Dan Rhodes is going for Eunice. Well, I'm definitely playing Miss Bar. We put, we, we put Miss Bar in at five, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I just think Eunice won a Test match with the extraordinary innings, just the right time when they needed it. <clears throat> I think if you get a double hundred, um, irrespective of what's gone before, and you're a match winner, it's the same as Wahab. Wahab was really poor, uh, well, moderately poor in the first two tests, and he missed out the foot. But he's a match winner because he's got he's got genuine pace, and when he's on it, he he's like Broad. When he when he gets on one of his spells, he can win matches. You know that that's the kind of you know. So it's like Eunice when he gets in, he gets a lot of scores below twenty. But when he gets in, he makes it big. Once you almost guarantee, yeah, because he's, like you said his conversion rate is so good. And I think if you score a double and win a test, um, I think you're in. Eunice gets picked then, guys. Yeah, Eunice at four. Eunice at four. Ms. Bart at five. Has to be Bear uh, Stowe. S- Bear Stowe yeah. at six. And, yeah. and Ali. And Ali has to get in. <laughs> Moeen Ali gets in, does he? As the all-rounder? No, I don't know. As a, as a batsman, we're averaging 63. I mean, we have the, we have the luxury of picking Wokes so, as a bowler, well, even though he's an all-rounder as well. If we're picking Shah, yeah. well, Wokes, Wokes is a shoe in because of his uh, 26 wickets at 16. not very many. 16. I mean, Wokes is, Wokes is a shoe in, that's for sure. Um, you see, uh, if we're playing Yasir as, as, the, as the actual genuine frontline spinner, <laughs> then could we have Moeen as fifth bowler? Uh, you know, I could I could live with that. And who who are the, who's, who's the pace guys to get I'm fascinated about it, going to say? Yeah. So there's, is there two other pace, pace or one? Well, we've got nine. If, 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 if you go with Yusir at 11 um, and Moeen at 7. Good 11, that is. Um, two then two you've got spots two, left, is it? Yeah, you've got two spots so left. So who's going to accompany Wokes, isn't it? So Wokes is the pace at the moment. Who's going to be the two guys with him? Are we going to go Sahail Khan? Sahail Khan. And, two and Fifers. That's what we thought as well, yeah. Mm. I, 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 went, I went broad, broad as to sit out. Yeah. Unfortunately, even those figures are very impressive still. Um, yeah. But I think Sahil Khan and Jimmy. I mean, Broad thirteen wickets at twenty nine. 
um, economy 2.5. You know, it's you know, it's slightly below his career figures, but Anderson's slightly below his as well. But um, um, I think Anderson looked a threat more often when he was bowling this series than than than, than Broad. Um, and the eyebrow raiser is that Mohammed Amir isn't 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 featuring. <laughs> I, I thought he was well, very, very he's in, in, unlucky. Some of his catches went down. Generally speaking, he's impressive from the Pakistan point of view. He bowled a lot better than his stats suggest, to be honest. Um, you know, I was really impressed. And he got good pace, good swing. He consistently troubled all of the England top order, including Cook and Roots. So, I'm, I'm, but I don't, I, I don't think I'd pick him ahead of Sahel Khan. And you could say, would you pick him ahead of Jimmy Anderson um, on the series? Um, I am. I've, I've been thinking about it. I am going ahead. I'm going with Amir instead of Anderson. It's such a coin flip, though. I think he was very unlucky, and he could have got more wickets off the back of that. I think, a, I think he was. The, I think he was the only Pakistan bowler to trouble Alistair Cook. The only one. Yeah. And what, was what, the hab, only one. what Hab did, did bowling that rip snorter in the, the final innings? It did. That's true. Yeah, but that was a um, one-off compared yeah. to the rest because he played. Yeah, uh, I thought he played Wahab really well. Cook. Yeah, I'll play. I, I think I think we all agree on Sahil Khan, don't we? Do we do? I'm, I'm happy to go Sahil Khan. That's two match winning. That, that's then? two innings winning bowling performances by him. Yeah, well, he got five wickets twice, so you know we can't argue with that. One in each test. Yeah, and um, and and uh, you see, he got five wickets twice as well. So. Uh, and so did Wokes. So they're the three. They're the three easy ones. And then it's what we've got one batting place left at the top of the order, and one one bowling place. So you're going. What's the? I'm gonna. I'll probably go Anderson. Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna go Mia. I'm it. You got the casting I'm, vote. I'm. I'm gonna go Jimmy. Um, as much as I want to go Mohammed Amir because he's left arm, but I just feel that if you're gonna if we're playing in England. You, you can't have a team when Jimmy's not in the team. This is true. Good point. It's just because it's just in terms of, you know, Mohammed Amir can be blunted, but Jimmy is not bluntable. Because I can't, we can't have Broad and Anderson not being in the team. If we're dropping Broad, I'm, I'm sticking with Jimmy because that was my initial reaction was Jimmy. Uh, and, and then you've got number two. We've got one space left to, to partner Cook, and then the choice is uh, as a. 295 runs at 42, or you've got Sami Aslam, 167 runs at 56. It just, I, I, for his age, his lack of experience, the, the, the method he used, the way he played, I, just for Aslam, that just gives you a perfect opening partnership. Whereas with Azar, I'm not sure he's an opening bat at all. I don't think he is. Azar Ali is not an opening bat. So he's a really good stroke player. But I don't think he is, 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 is in the cook or what will soon to prove Aslam level. Yeah. So it's harsh yeah, on Shafiq. Harsh on Shafiq, but we go with Aslam. Yeah, harsh on Azza. I, I, you know, I just realised, Safraz, Broad, Amir, Shafiq and Azza all miss out, which is, yeah, it's a bit harsh. But uh, the other option you could say is whether, you know, you could play Safraz, give him the gloves uh, and play him at seven instead of Moeen. Yeah. But I think Moeen's batting was really good. This series. You have to. I think it shows that there is a depth of quality as well in certain areas. Yeah. Shall I read it out then? What we've gone for? Yes, you read it out. 
Yeah, we've got Cook, Aslam, Root, Eunice, Mizbar, Bairstow, Moeen, Wokes, Sahail Khan, Yassir Shah, and Jimmy Anderson. Great team. That, that is a great team. Go on, a, great, a good balance of both players as well. Leaders out, mate. I think we've discussed everything. It's a great team, that is. That's got to win the series. <laughs> <laughs> it would, uh, gentlemen, thank you for your, your comments and your time. It's been a fascinating test series and lived up to everything, in my opinion, what we expected. And just a quick note to say, it was really good to see that cricket, finally, between these two teams, was talked about more than any off-field antics. Agreed. Um, Agreed. And, uh, yeah, note to everybody listening that you can get all the podcasts, analysis and blogs, etc. at crickindex.com. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day. Stay at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.